November 4th, 1905, the Stanford Cardinal and the USC Fighting Methodists met for a game of football. Apparently, the Methodists weren't in much of a fighting mood. They lost 16 to nothing. This was the first time Stanford and USC's football teams played each other. They didn't meet again until 1919, but they've battled each other almost every season since. Through the years, it's become a contentious rivalry. The rivalry didn't heat up until the 1930s. The USC team, now known as the Trojans, had beaten the Cardinal five years in a row. And a group of Stanford freshmen vowed to never lose to them again. They called themselves the Vow Boys, which is kind of a creepy nickname. But they stayed true to their word and helped Stanford win the next three contests. For most of the upcoming decades, USC would have the upper hand over the NorCal rivals, but there were small victories for Stanford here and there, and some of those small victories were actually ties. Jump ahead to 1979, the Cardinal were down 21 nothing to the Trojans at halftime, and amazingly fought back to end the game on a 21-21 draw. Stanford didn't pull off the win, but that tie was the lone blemish on USC's record that year, and it probably cost them a national championship. There's been over 100 years of shenanigans. We could spend a whole podcast series talking about the ins and outs of this rivalry. Two teams, a bunch of decades, lots of bad vibes. Today, I'm going to tell you about one chapter in this historic rivalry. At the time this game was played, it was the biggest point spread upset in college football ever. I'm Will Blackman and this is Upsets and Underdogs presented by WinBet. This is the show where we dive into the world of sports betting and discuss the best lines, the top props, and of course, the most intriguing underdogs. Today, we're continuing our series of stories about the greatest upsets in sports history. This episode, we're bringing you an underdog tale from the realm of college football, the 2007 matchup between Stanford and USC. But first, I want to remind you that the NFL season is here. Kick it off right with WinBet. On the WinBet mobile app, you get access to unique markets like NFL yardage leaders and exact season wins. Who will be the last team to win a game? What about the last team to be undefeated? I know I've got my guesses. You can find all those odds on WinBet. And don't let me forget, it's the best place for NFL parlays too. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to set the odds in your favor. Download now and start winning with WinBet. Offer a subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where the WinBet app is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Let's start in 2001. That's when Pete Carroll took over the head coaching job at USC. Very quickly, he transformed a disappointing team into arguably the most dominant college football program of the early 2000s. He did it through sheer force of will and with a smile. If your image of a football coach is of a tough guy with a permanent scowl on his face, then you haven't met Pete Carroll. Each person holds so much power within themselves that needs to be let out. And, and sometimes they just need a little nudge, a little direction, a little support, a little coaching. And, uh, and you know, the greatest of things can happen. In one span starting in 2001, Carroll's teams won 67 out of 74 games and two national championships. It was year after year of consistent dominance. By the time the 2007 season rolled around, they were ranked number one in every preseason poll and the team to beat. 
The 2007 Trojans were loaded with future high draft picks, including linebackers Brian Cushing, Ray Maluga, and Keith Rivers, along with safety Taylor Mays and defensive tackle Cedric Ellis. In their first four games, they took down Idaho, Nebraska, Washington, and Washington State. Then it was time for Stanford to come to town. So let's hop on over to Palo Alto for a second. In 2007, Stanford brought in a new head coach to breathe new life into a team that had posted a 1-11 record the season before. That coach was Jim Harbaugh. Are you ready to play, play football to its highest level? And that means you give up your body. Sacrifice your body. It flies around. It's like pretty my memory going down on a kickoff. It's like trying to chew on a kickoff. All out, reckless, abandoned. This is where we have to play this game. 2007 started off rough for the new coach. Before the season even started, he made a bit of a mess when he told the press that he had inside info that Pete Carroll was only coaching USC for one more year. Carroll shot back and basically told him to get his story straight. A beef was brewing. Stanford's troubles continued into the season. In their first four games, they went one and three. A day after the fourth game, their starting quarterback, T.C. Ostrander, suffered a seizure. He was okay. But as a precaution, TC would have to sit out the upcoming game versus USC. And if that wasn't enough, their top receiver was going through a huge personal tragedy. Before the previous game, the father of wide receiver Mark Bradford died suddenly of a heart attack. Bradford was an LA native and used to go to USC games with his dad. Despite the pain, he wanted to play. So here's what Stanford was up against. They had to play one of the top teams in the nation at the Coliseum where USC was on a 35-game winning streak. They had a new coach who had never won a Pac-10 game, and the team was struggling. The best offensive player was going through immense grief. On top of that, they were starting a quarterback named Tavita Pritchard, who had only thrown three passes in official college play. And as the final cherry on top, Carroll was probably extra motivated to win by those preseason comments Harbaugh made. So, when you add it all up, this looks like a piece of cake for the Trojans. As a result, USC was a 41-point favorite. 41! I mean, I get it, but that's just straight-up disrespectful. So let's jump into the main event. October 6, 2007, the historic Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. 85,000 fans packed into their seats. It was sunny and warm, a typical day in LA. David Beeler set to kick it away. He'll be kicking against the wind. Kimball and Stewart back to receive for Stanford. Now, this is something they struggled with last week against Arizona State. Stanford got the ball first. They went three and out. Neither team was able to do much early on. A lot of stall drives. Halfway through the first quarter, the Trojans kicked the field goal. Three nothing. Then midway through the second quarter, USC's John David Booty tossed a 34-yard pass to receiver Patrick Turner, who took the Trojans within striking distance of the end zone. Little play-action pass. Booty looking for Turner. Has him. Pass caught inside the 10. Shortly after, running back Chauncey Washington ran in a one-yard touchdown. Ominously, the extra point was blocked. 9-0 USC. Before the end of the second quarter, USC made one more push to extend their lead. They impressively marched down the field to position themselves at the goal line with only 13 seconds left in the half. Perhaps foreshadowing trouble yet to come, Chauncey Washington was stuffed at the line on fourth and goal. Denied. Fourth and goal. 
fourth and goal from the one. 13 seconds left in the half. Washington, nothing doing. Stanford's going to stop him. If the missed extra point and goal line stop weren't enough problems for USC, sometime in the second quarter, John David Booty smashed the middle finger on his throwing hand on the helmet of a Stanford D lineman, and it was broken. Dark clouds loomed for USC, but the Trojans still went into halftime up 9-zip. The first half of the game had been fairly quiet, but that was about to change. Three minutes into the third quarter, Booty, now playing through a broken finger, was picked off by the Cardinal defensive back, Austin Yancey. Booty's pass picked off. Could be golden goal post for Yancey. Touchdown, Stanford. He returned to 31 yards for a pick six. The score was now 9-7 USC. A fumble ended the Trojans' next drive, and another interception ended the one after that. Every time USC started to get some action, Stanford would quickly shut down their momentum. But then Pritchett threw an interception of his own. This time, USC took advantage of that momentum swing, and John David Booty connected with his tight end Fred Davis for a 63 yards and a touchdown. 16-7, Trojans. Finally, Stanford's offense woke up, and Pritchett strung together some strong throws, including a nearly 40-yard completion to receiver Mark Bradford to get inside the five. The first play of the fourth quarter was a one-yard touchdown carry by Stanford's Anthony Kimball. That cut USC's lead 16-14. On the ensuing drive, Booty launched a 47-yard bomb to freshman receiver Ronald Johnson for a touchdown. 23-14 USC. Stanford responded with a long drive that ate over five minutes of game time, but ended in them settling for a short field goal to make it 23-17 with a little over five minutes left. The Trojans were now on a mission to close out the game, but Stanford was bringing the heat. With just under three minutes to play, John David Booty, under pressure, tossed a third pick, this time to Wapana Osaisai, who returned it to the Trojans 45. Back off and rush five, here's the pressure on Booty. Pass, incomplete, intercepted at the 38-yard line by Osaisai. Knocked down at the 45-yard line. Soon afterwards, the Cardinal drive stalled. Suddenly, it was 4th and 20. The crowd at the Coliseum was screaming so loud that Pritchett couldn't hear the play call. He knew there were only a few play calls that were available for this situation. So in the huddle, he looked at his guys and said, we're going to run double go. When the ball was snapped, all the receivers took off deep. His primary receiver who was in the slot was to run a bender route which is where he must clear the zoned up linebackers and he must cross the face of the near safety resulting in a flatter route versus running a post which is more upfield. Pritchard saw an opening and threw an absolute dart right as his receiver turned around. His receiver was able to make that clutch catch while getting blasted by the safety. That slot receiver wore number nine. That slot receiver then is now all pro cornerback Richard Sherman. Under two minutes left now, first and goal at the nine. Pritchett took it himself and ran up to the five. Then he threw two incompletions in a row. Fourth down again. This time, it was touchdown or nothing. Before they could take another snap, they were flagged. 12 men on the field. Fourth and goal at the 10. This time around, Stanford's offense lined up in a trips right formation. Mark Bradford was the single receiver away from the trip side, 
and instead of shotgun, Pritchard was under center. This is the exact same formation they lined up in on second down. The only difference was that walk-on Ryan Whalen was the receiver on the single side. Bradford remembered that, and at the last minute, he told everyone he was going to switch with Whalen. This time, Bradford ran the same stutter fade Whalen ran on second down, and Pritchett looked his way and just threw it up, trusting his receiver was going to make a play. Bradford adjusted to the ball, jumped up, stretched out, and grabbed the rock, and managed to toe-tap all over USC's touchdown painted in Cardinal for the game-tying score. I know, how fitting, right? Stanford Cardinal toe-tapping in the touchdown, painted in Cardinal. Anyway. Touchdown, USC! With 49 seconds left, Stanford took the lead with the extra point. They would not relinquish it. The game ended 24-23 Stanford. Mark Bradford, an LA native who grew up going to USC games with his dad, made the biggest play of his life at the Coliseum, this time without his dad there. And Stanford had just completed one of the all-time greatest upsets in college football history. Here are coaches Carroll and Harbaugh after the game. This is unexpected for us. Uh, it's, it happened in, a, in classic fashion for Stanford. I think they should they get all the credit in the world. They did a great job. So many times in life, you got people that tell you you can't. They tell you no. A hundred times no, and a hundred times you can't. Well, we can. Today, today our players said yes. The 1979 tie we talked about had taken place almost exactly 28 years earlier in the same stadium. And just like in 1979, the blemish on USC's record probably cost them a national championship. This game ended a streak of USC's dominance against Stanford and kicked off a never of competitive games in the rivalry. And the beef between Carroll and Harbaugh was only beginning. Now, Jim Harbaugh will come to the center of the field to meet Pete Carroll, who is not a happy camp, no question about it. They don't seem very happy with each other. The rivalry is still alive, of course. USC leads the series with 62 wins to Stanford's 34. Tevita Pritchard, he's Stanford's OC now. A couple of weeks ago, the two teams played each other for the hundredth time. And Stanford won. Once again, I'm Will Blackman, and this is Upsets and Underdogs, presented by WinBet. Don't forget to subscribe, throw us a rating and review, and tell your friends. Find us on YouTube, on the WinBet channel. Catch you next time.